Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Krista. And we're your hosts, guides, and friends on this path. Almost 30 is not about your age. It's about the feeling. All of us are almost something, seeking community and resources to support the rumblings of transformation within us. Our conversations are deep dives, shepherded by our insatiable curiosity and desire for connection, enduring inspiration, and a sense of levity that we can all benefit from. We're looking to find the magic in the human experience. Buckle up, baby. Your evolution is waiting. Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay and Krista. Welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Thank you for making us your podcast of choice. We know there's a lot out there. Make sure you're subscribed to the show because we release new great episodes every single week. And all the other podcasts are a competition and we are here to yeah, crush so them. Don't give them any attention. <laughs> you know, we're, we're here to crush and demolish our competition. <laughs> It's funny, we did an intro-outro uh, yesterday, we recorded, and you started, and it threw me the fuck off. It threw me off. I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Because we always start with me saying, and then you saying that, and totally. I really was thrown for a loop. I was like, we may need to mix it up. <laughs> it's talk show hosts who likes to have the same sign-on and sign-off thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, be good to each other. Hug, yep. to, hug each other today or whatever. Yes, yes. Or Price is Right. He said, make sure to spay and neuter your pets. Oh, love him. I know. Love him. King. You know, I think about him a lot because Bob Barker, right? Mm -hmm. I just really love his dedication to one mission. Like, I really appreciate that. I was like, wow, that was really commendable that he really focused on just having one mission and one thing that he wanted to make an impact on. And that was making sure that people spayed and neutered their pets to prevent having as many animals in shelters. And I was like, wow, that's just really brilliant because I think we kind of spread ourselves thin, or at least I feel like I spread myself thin. And it, it's like, I should just go deep with one thing. Totally. I feel like you do with Stray Cat Alliance. Stray Cat Alliance, I know. I got off the phone with them like an hour ago and they're like, hey, we have cocktails and kittens next week or on Saturday, are you coming? <laughs> so Stray Cat Alliance is this amazing no-kill shelter for cats in Los Angeles. It's where I adopted my two babies in 2020. And I am like their biggest fan, regular donator and purchaser from their Amazon shop. And they have these like regular events and they were like, are you coming to Cocktails and Kittens? I was like, I can't. I'm at VidCon, but I would. Also, I would be scared to go. And that's I'm actually trying to in my life, trying to get over the feeling with charity or in service of feeling like too overwhelmed to do anything. And I think a lot of people feel that, especially if you're a feeler or you're an empath, you're like, I'm scared to go work at a shelter or a women's shelter or a homeless shelter or any other place where you want to make an impact because you're afraid you might be overwhelmed. And I'm really working on that. I'm like, I really mm -hmm. want to know that whatever work that I do will make enough of an impact and that I don't need to like overwhelm my nervous system by feeling like I need to take everything on. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting thing where you feel like, what if what I can offer right now is not good enough? And it's like that not good enough thought. That's so interesting because so many people don't even have the thought of helping other people. You know, it is what it is, but it's just even just being present can be enough, you know, and it's just, but I feel that too. I remember feeling that when Sean is connected to like this high school, just like uptown and we were volunteering and I was a little like out of my element where I'm like, what do they expect of me? What do they expect me to be? And what do I need to do in order to make this the most valuable or impactful experience? 
And I just kind of like let him take the lead a little bit because I was like, oh, this is not about like proving anything or feeling like you need to be anything that you're not. The sweet spot is just like being who you are and like you are with the animals. It's like your love for animals is like really all they need. Even yeah, until I'm a mom and then I'm going to be like on the mom train and I'm going to lose my mind because I'll have my heart open to that. Our friend Bree called me last week and she was like bawling and she just left the prison. She was doing breath work with prisoners mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, yo, this is it. And I'm like, that's actually it, that type of work. And I was thinking about for, I was talking to Lacey yesterday. I was, we were talking about how what we want to do next is I want to do retreats in service where it's like, I want to have the luxurious retreats that like the one in Ibiza in October that's in service to self in a really beautiful way because that's necessary. But it's also like, how can we bring people together to be in service during the time? Because I feel like we all have enough tools. We all have enough healing available to us or at least in my space. And how can we just kind of take time to give back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the prison piece. I saw that she went there. I was reading a study about not breath work, but prisoners able to take supplements. And they did like a placebo study, which is, it was like all scientific, et cetera. And they found that the prisoners who took the supplements, like a multivitamin and an omega and all these things, were 35% less violent. And so if we're thinking about just like that, like whole body support, the emotional and the nervous system with the breath and the supplements for the physical and the mental, so many things, and just how it affects their interaction, their ability to be, quote, successful in this situation that they're in and hopefully like eventually have a life. They're not being supported. I mean, they're being fed like not even real food. Yeah, it's just, it's really sad. Yeah, that that whole thing, that is a shocking stat. And I was just thinking about the opportunity that a supplement company could have, you know what I mean? Like if they were, and the thing with it is it's not just like you send a care package to jail and you send them supplements because that's obviously the jail systems are super strict about what they receive, what goes in and what goes out. So it's like probably would be a lot more difficult than it seems. It seems more simple than what it is, but it's like, wow, how powerful would that be for a supplement company to work with? the prison system, or even like inner city, providing kids with multivitamins every single day or vitamin D or omega. It's like, yeah, there's a trillion dollar industry right there that really could make an impact with people directly and immediately knowing the impacts of our mental health and the food that we're eating and the supplements that we're taking. So that's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I would love to do work in the prison system. And it's like, Brie is so good for that because our friend Brie Melanson, she's like funny and cool and light and interesting and just like in her body enough to like work it and like really just make it playful and fun and joyful. And it's going places where this is what I desire. It's like going places where I'm adding value. We, you, I, everyone listening, we add value in every room that we enter, but the level of value is different when you're going in a place where like people don't really have access to the information that you know or the resources that you have or the teaching, just whatever it is that you're teaching or bringing to the table. There is a value add that's greater in certain places and with certain people. And it's like, I just want more of that mm -hmm. opportunity. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can work with one of the supplement 
companies would love that, that. We're connected to to kind of make an impact in places I would love where that. they don't have access. Yeah, if it would be a donation thing, you know, if it's like, okay, so what would be the thing? It's like going to figure out within the prison systems what the potential opportunity would be if it's possible, like seeing the legalities and then seeing like I would obviously donate, but I think that would be such a great opportunity and idea for because that's just it's a perfect solution for people that are in a in that type of routine. They would be taking the supplements and utilizing them and seeing the impact and you know that they're in need and yeah, that's really, really powerful. We got a great idea. We're on it. Who's going to take Who's going to take our idea? <laughs> speaking of supplements and speaking of nutrition and how it impacts our mental health and our bodies and all ways of being, this conversation today is with the founder of Keon. His name is Angelo. And we just went in about protein, about amino acids, about branch chain amino acids, about collagen. And I really loved this conversation. I felt so grateful to have it because I feel like macronutrients and my understanding of them is something that I overlook. I feel like sometimes in our nutritional world or our health and wellness world or spirituality world, it's like we can go to the ends of the spectrum and be like, I know about the Palladian star system and the ninth dimensional whatever, or I know about like what the timing of my keto fast should be when I'm on the 28th day of my cycle. But we actually don't understand like what protein is and like how protein one of the macronutrients we need in our body impacts our body and impacts our health and our blood sugar and our energy and our sleep and all of these things. I'll speak for myself. So that's how I feel. But yeah. it was really great to just understand that in a really deep level and understand the impact that protein has because I do feel like there's been also too a coming to Jesus of the community that I'm in, the Instagram community that I'm in, sort of like our friends, of really recognizing how important protein is and how protein satiates and how protein supports our lean toned body and just really coming back to protein as like the main source of our caloric intake and how that really makes us look and feel the best. So this is just a, such a good one. It's interesting to think about just like fat, just like so many narratives like throughout like kind of our life that we've heard around certain foods or food groups or diets, et cetera. I think protein has like an interesting way to it. I don't think it has like a total negative connotation at any point, but I do think that there might be some people who are like, ooh, too much protein means I gain weight or too much protein, I'm going to bulk up or we should mainly just eat plants and fruits, which I don't think is wrong. But if we're not also eating a certain amount of protein, then that could wreak havoc on our system if we're only eating plants. So it's it's really, yeah, it's a really interesting thing to think about. When I was incorporating more protein, there was a part of me that was like, ooh, I'm kind of scared to like do too much. What would this do to my body? And I actually didn't understand the correlation between building that lean muscle and being able to actually use the protein that I put in my body, whether it's like heavy weight lifting as well and coupling it with that. But it's been the best thing, not only physically, but also I find that my brain is working so much better. There was a time I feel like where I was not eating enough protein, probably, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago when I was in LA and I just didn't have a handle on that. And I just felt kind of out of body. It was kind of weird. I feel like protein really 
grounds me. I'll just say that for myself. It's very grounding. So now that I've been able to incorporate more of it, specifically animal protein, I, and first thing in the morning, I just feel so much better and I'm able to sustain my energy and focus and all the things throughout the day rather than having that really unpredictable energy cycle. It's huge. Our friend Olivia from Organic Olivia, our friend Jenna Kutcher, both have had their bodies transformed by really incorporating protein as one of the things. You know, they're doing so many things to look so great, but they do the 30 grams of protein in the morning. And that's something that you do. That's something that I also do now in the past year or so. And it's just felt amazing. You know, I was someone that was on the protein train for a little bit. Being plant-based, it's a little bit different of the an experience, but I eat enough calories so that it's easy for me to get my protein. When we first started interviewing people and it was like the keto vibe was happening, I remember just like prioritizing fat so much that my protein was low and that just didn't feel good. I was yeah. like, this is, and I didn't look good. I looked horrible, like just, just horrible. So having protein more often and just in a way that really feels like super satiating is so amazing. And that's the thing about having too much protein is because it is so satiating because it takes so much energy for our body to digest protein. It's just harder to overeat. It's harder for your body to have that. But when we look at protein, it's not all made the same. It's not all the same types. It doesn't really react or work in our body the same way. So in this conversation, we really break down like what amino acids are, why you need all nine amino acids within a protein to have a complete protein, what complete proteins are for people that eat meat, for people that don't, and then things like collagen BCAs, which are not all of the essential amino acids, but still really powerful in our bodies and something we should really be consuming and thinking about. So this episode is sponsored by Keon, which is incredible. I've been having it for the past couple months now since we started working with the brand. And especially being someone that's mostly plant-based, I have, I've been incorporating some animal products recently, but it's been so nice for sustained energy, for like helping intermittent fasting, for weight loss, just for everything. It's felt so good in my body and it felt like something that feels like a duh. It's like, oh wow, how was I not doing this before? Or before I knew and was taking sometimes BCAAs, but this is like different. So Taking Keon Aminos has been just great for energy, for muscle building, for athletic recovery, and I highly recommend it for anyone, whether you work out regularly or not. But I know so many of the women in our community are like working out like three plus times a week. And so this is like a key part of your routine. Protein ain't just for the guys, ladies. It ain't for the guys. Yeah, dude, that was my dad. So when I was little, my dad, he used to go to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic in Columbus, like he used to have whey protein shakes 24-7, like protein bars at the house all the time. There was protein at my house all the time. I remember actually I worked at Gold's Gym my senior year and I would go after work and I would have a protein shake for dinner. And I remember like losing weight my senior year because I was just having a protein shake for dinner. And I was like, wow, this is like the trick. Obviously, I was like psycho about my weight then, but I was like <laughs> always kind of working with the protein because of my dad. But it was like very... I did associate it with being bulky, like workout person. Totally. Totally. Was your dad into bodybuilding at any point? Yeah. He was working it all the time. He was lifting a lot. We had like a little gym in our thing. He used to go to Gold's Gym all the time. He used to go to the, so yeah, cool. he was in his own little workout body. 
I love I love that. I love it. It's hilarious. I love honestly. that, especially for dad. Oh my god. Like a dad so... should have that. Oh my God. Kind of like creepy to think about now. I'm like, because I was just thinking about it. I was like, oh, he had such a big chest. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, oh. <laughs> my mom had Arnold Schwarzenegger, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger poster in the laundry room. So, like, when you'd close the laundry door, there was like a poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger in, like, oh, dude. It, uh, I'd be curious what era of Schwarzenegger. I'm watching his docuseries right now. How is and it? Dude, it's actually fascinating. Because he was on a roid stack, right? For sure at some point. Yeah. I don't know when. Like, Okay, I thought he said it on there. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. But I was just more fascinated with like his tenacity to just have a vision and make it happen. And I know that sounds cheesy, but it's like he, after like his bodybuilding career, kind of during it, he had that vision to be like a Hollywood superstar. And everyone's like, your English sucks. Like, absolutely not. Your bodybuilding is too niche. Like, your body's too niche. Like, no, it's not going to work. I mean, he's gone on to be one of the most successful mm-hmm. actors ever. I'm not saying he's the best actor, but like, <laughs> money wise, it's pretty wild. So, anyway, it's like Shaq, just like being someone or Michael Jordan. It's like exactly. he was worth 93 million and now he gets paid like, what, five? 400 something million dollars a year now with his brand Jordan Shaq has just parlayed into multiple different businesses if you're smart about stuff you can really just or like the rock you can just freaking crush and become almost like the character is you yes for sure you know like the rock is playing the rock like the you know these people are Shaq is playing Shaq like they're just playing themselves like as their own character which I'm sure is like a whole therapy session in its own (laughs) So again, this is with Angelo Keeley, the founder of Keon, and it is amino acids supplement. They have other supplements too, like omegas and protein, but I really, really love their aminos. I love the cool lime flavored, the powdered, and I usually take their individual powder packs with me whenever I travel. I'll have one in the morning. I'll have one after a workout, um, and I'll just sip them throughout the day, and it's just helped me so much with my energy levels, with getting everything that I need, especially as someone that like my diet fluctuates whenever I'm traveling so much. And I felt so much better. And I've noticed more results for my workouts than previously, which is really, really nice. So highly suggest either getting the Cool Lime supplement. They have a mixed berry one that's really good. Or if you don't like powders, you can also get their amino capsules. And their amino capsules are super easy. You can take those with you wherever you go to support your athletic performance, your recovery, your sleep, basically, you know, everything in your full body health. So good. Yeah, I like the watermelon. Watermelon girly. And you can use code ALMOST30. For a discount when you go to getkeon.com, G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com. Getkeon.com. Code is almost 30. Enjoy. Tell me which one you love. Thank you for listening to Almost 30. For more information on Almost 30, our brand, our courses and programs, our membership, you can go to almost30.com. We have some freebies there for you. We have information on our courses like The Invitation, which is our breakup series, a very special breakup support for you if you're going through a friendship breakup or a romantic breakup. We also have the Life Edit program, which is my signature program, which is a mix of neuroscience and feng shui. It's really, really, really beautiful. Got a lot of energetics in there, and it's just my life's work. And Lindsay's Sacredness of Being Single program is in there, which is really incredible. They have monthly circles where the women meet during their single season. And we have our membership. Our membership is the best place on the internet where you'll meet some of the most kind, 
incredible people. We have monthly workshops with some amazing guests. We have healing sessions with sound healers. We have tons of additional content and resources to support you in your journey. And if you want some more free content, you can go to Instagram for Almost 30 Podcast or TikTok Almost 30 Podcast. And we are popping off on both of those channels. Be sure you've subscribed to the pod. Enjoy this episode and we will talk to you on the other side. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I am a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, eh, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash almost 30. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like this is a new type of audio that, um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future. Um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So 
We actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, And we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to talk before. I felt like we could have talked forever, but I'm really, really excited about this conversation. I feel like the conversation around protein and aminos is something that I actually don't know much about. I feel like I sort of act like I do. I kind of glaze over the information and I've been on my own journey where I've been plant-based and now I'm incorporating more animal types of proteins in my diet. So it's going to be really good for me to learn. But your story is so fascinating. You are such a interesting founder and spiritual being. I feel like there's so many layers of the path that you've been on. But I was listening to the episode that you did with Skin and Confidential, some of our homies, and I really loved when you were talking about this correlation between your awakening and your health journey and how it was almost like part of your awakening was in parallel to your health journey. And I think I can relate to that. A lot of our audience can relate to that, that when you start on the awakening journey, you really start to respect the body. You want to be in more in the body. You want to honor the vessel that you're in. And I'd love to hear about that as it relates to your journey in starting Keon. That's a good, deep question to start with. Wow. <laughs> I think... This is what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. I've never been asked that question in that way. So it's it's cool because I feel like it gives me a fresh perspective on it. What stands out is the body is what communicates most to us potentially about our inevitable death because mm. our bodies age and they die ultimately. And there's nothing quite like being faced with your death that will make you consider the meaning of your life. And what are you? Who are you? Why are you? And then from all that, like, what do you want to do? And who do you want to be to yourself and to other people? I had this unique experience where I had a near-death, pretty traumatic experience when I was 16. And coming out of that, I was bedridden for a couple months, basically, and just really physically injured. You know, I lost a lot of weight. I lost a lot of muscle. And I was fragile. And my mind was fragile, too. And so, yeah, I think I, I was confronted with my death. I was confronted with the fragility of my physical body, potentially, based off the kinds of decisions I make. And the fragility of my own mind and my life and like my spirit. 16 is very tender. It's very tender. Very tender. Yeah. I think like honestly, 12 to 26. A hundred percent. It's pretty tender. This is the concept of almost 30 was your Saturn return period, which is after around 26, 27 to 30. Your prefrontal cortex comes online. You're just so much more embodied in who you are. So yeah, anything before that is like very tender. So I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, truly, your brain is starts a unique developmental process when you're 12, and it's not done until it's 26. So for sure, that experience and the waking up 
to um, the limits to my life and to the impacts of all my decisions definitely made me be way more thoughtful about what I put in my body, what I did with my body on a daily basis, how I wanted to feel, and also who I wanted to be to other people and to myself in life. I was exposed to ideas as a kid being raised in a very health-centric family. They had a natural health food store, restaurant, etc. I was exposed to things like amino acids and protein nutrition ideas from a very young age. Two, three, I remember talking about it. And I was also exposed some to like a spiritual ideas that wasn't as much my family's thing, but I was exposed some. And so, you know, I think when I was 16 and went through this kind of awakening experience, I, it became my journey to explore these elements and these components. And it just happened to be that things like acupuncture and meditation and yoga and breath work and cold exposure and heat exposure and exploring different types of, you know, I think alternative running, barefoot running, like any of these things that would kind of help me explore my body and explore my nervous system and integrate those components were also things that helped me explore more my mind and what I cared about and what I wanted to do. Yeah, it became like my journey then. It wasn't until, I don't know, 15, I don't know the exact math, Mm -hmm. 15, not quite 20 years, 15 years later that we started Keon. But with Keon, it's the same elements are there that are true. The heart of why I'm in Keon and what I'm doing here is because I want to have meaningful impact in the lives of other people. I want to do something that I believe in. I want to make products that like I care about and that I want to give to my kids. I want to I don't want to spend my time and my life in some job or some work that I don't know it feels too much like a compromise. Totally. I want to do and take action that's really meaningful. And it does happen to be that doing body focused stuff like making specific types of supplements, it's not all supplements, but certain supplements really impact people's health really in an exponential way and foods. And so I think it's natural that that all kind of came together. Before we started the show, though, we were talking about childhood and kind of the elements of who we were as kids. And then as we grew up and our ideas of ourselves. it is interesting that it was all, I think, I don't know if it was planted at a young age or like if I'm the seed, was it in the seed itself or was it where the seed was planted? But I was naturally a seeker and mm-hmm. entrepreneurial, but I was put in a family that was like that as well. And that had an interest in in food and nutrition and my mom loved amino acids <laughs> when I was a little kid, you know? So it's like, how? and like, that's, how, that's where I ended up. It, it makes a lot of sense. Yes. It's not like a clear linear path to get there, but it, mm-hmm. it's, I, I like to think about an upward spiral mm-hmm. that we're constantly kind of circling and hopefully we're climbing in yes. a spiral of our life and our own development. And yes. clearly there's a thread that brings it all together. What is it? Steve Jobs says that when you look back, all the dots connect, but when you are moving forward, you can't really see them. And it is, I like to think about that too, with the law of attraction in our soul's journey with the upward spiral. Cause it's like, we think that life is just going to be like, I'm making this much money. I'm going to make this much. I'm going to be this successful. And you just are moving upward, but it's not, it's like some years are down, some years are up as long as you move forward. But I do think that's so interesting that in your path, and I was I mentioned this before, but it's almost like sometimes our purpose and dharma or what we're here to do is like so obvious and it's like such a part of our the way that we grew up or our life it's like you as a child are like oh yeah amino acids duh these are these things these are what my family do this is like how we operate 
This is something you probably incorporated in most of your life. And it's like you get older and we're kind of like looking at all the other things like, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? And then the constant's almost always there underneath your eyes where you're like, oh, yeah, I've always really loved aminos. I've always believed in what they do in my life. That's even for me in podcasting, just being someone that's always been so curious and inquisitive and just this is what I do naturally even when I'm not recording. But with aminos, what was like the experience when you were younger? Like how were they taught to you? Because I wasn't doing anything with aminos or anything. I had no awareness of that the way that I grew up. So I think it begins with just a family that had certain commitments around food, around primarily natural organic food. Because you were in Austin. It was in Austin. Okay, yeah. Which in the 80s was more accepted in a Mm -hmm. place like Austin, but definitely distinct. Like it wasn't what all the kids my age were doing. We were low fat vibes. Yeah. (laughs) We were everything low fat. (laughs) Yeah. So we were basically everything natural, as little processing as possible, et cetera. But my parents also were pescatarians. And so in choosing to be a pescatarian, if you want to be, I think, a thoughtful vegetarian, basically, because of the nature of protein sources not all being equal and the fact that animal proteins are typically better sources of essential amino acids, you need to think more about it as a vegetarian. And because we ate fish but not that frequently, we talked about the combinations of different types of plant proteins like beans and rice to ensure we were getting good quality food. Like, for example, if I was like, I don't want, I don't want black beans with my rice, my mom might say, well, you need to eat the black beans and the rice together because together they create a complete protein. Together they include all of these amino acids that you need. So it wasn't like some super high education thing. It was just the basics of but decisions that we were making and being exposed to it. Yeah, it's just clear to your children. Yeah. And then my mom, who was a master swimmer, and we were like, we didn't, I remember like my youngest age, I remember being in the daycare at the gym (laughs) because my parents were really into going to the gym and my mom was really into being a master swimmer. And she would take amino acids before and after training and she would give them to me as well because they do have a very distinct use before and after and during exercise for the same reasons that protein do as well, which we can get into more later. But because we were just thinking about our nutrition, thinking about our diet, thinking about overall the needs of amino acids for our body, I got exposed to it through daily questions around why do I have to eat this or not? And around my family's own commitment to fitness, increased need for essential amino acids, which are what make protein what protein is basically due to exercise. So that's how I got exposed Mm -hmm. to the ideas. And that's why it was important. I was hanging out at the gym too. My parents would play racquetball (laughs) and I would just, I'd have to sit there with Agnes who worked the front desk. She was like my second mom and I would just be hanging out, but I would love to explore. So what are amino acids? Like what do they do in the body? So I think the best way to start is to talk about protein and what proteins are. So when we eat carbohydrates and fat, The primary reason we eat them is for energy for our body. We actually convert carbohydrates into something called ATP. And that's like the native fuel source that we use inside of our body. Fat, it's something similar. If we eat too much carbohydrates or fat, more than we burn through daily activity, we'll store them as fats in our body. So that later on, when we maybe don't have enough food, we have something to burn. Protein is different than those. So... The proteins in our body, which make up our 
most of our solid mass, over half of our solid mass in our body. So that's like all of our organs, our heart, our mm, liver, are made our of kidneys, proteins. Are made of proteins. Wow. It's little little proteins that group together to make up these tissues, as well as obviously our muscle. I think what people don't realize though, it's also our hair, our mm. skin, even our neurotransmitters. So the brain chemistry through which we experience emotions mm-hmm. are basically the derivatives of proteins. So they're amino acids or the derivatives of an amino acid. That's how we experience emotion in our body. And the way that proteins work in our body, and this is throughout nature, but in our body, is that they, you basically have different protein needs throughout different organs. Also enzymes, when we talk about enzymes or proteins, you have different needs for proteins throughout the body. And so you're moving and shifting around proteins throughout the body. You're breaking them down and rebuilding them. Also, proteins have a certain half-life. They go bad after a while, basically. And they break down and be rebuilt. Inside the body. Inside the mm-hmm. body. And when the what they get broken down into are these individual bricks. And actually, this is what a protein is made up of. And those individual little bricks or pieces are amino acids. There's 20 amino acids that form these proteins in our body. And those 20 amino acids, when they get broken down and they go into our bloodstream, some of them can be reused to rebuild that new protein. Some of them cannot. And so they get discarded. They get converted into urea and you pee them out. So proteins in our body are constantly in the state of being broken down and rebuilding. But naturally, if I don't eat proteins through my diet or amino acids through my diet, I won't have enough new proteins to replace the discarded ones. So you, the primary reason that you eat protein is for your body to eat an outside source of protein. That could be from plants. It could be from animal products. It's going to break it down into these 20 amino acids. And then your body is going to utilize those 20 amino acids to rebuild the proteins in your body, to rebuild your liver tissue, to rebuild muscle, to create new enzymes, to create new neurotransmitters. So the role of protein and thus amino acids is very different than the role of carbohydrates or fat. And then when you talk about amino acids, there's a major division. And there's a lot of nuance in this, trying to simplify it for the purpose of it being meaningful to your audience. There's one main division, and that's between essential amino acids and non-essential. And the simplest way of describing the essential is that your body can't make them. So when we eat this protein to help replace the amino acids, and thus the proteins in our body, we really need the essential ones because your body can't make them. Your body can make the non-essential ones. Another important part of those essential amino acids is that they're actually what we might call the, quote, active component of the protein. They are, when we eat the protein and we break it down into these amino acids, the essential ones are the ones that stimulate and lead and fulfill the process of protein synthesis. They're the ones that actually make the new proteins. You utilize some of the non-essential ones as like building materials, but you only really need the essential ones to lead the process of protein synthesis. And we've done many studies on this where we compare consuming only essential amino acids, consuming only non-essential, or consuming the combination of them. And it's very clear that the essential create all of the protein synthesis. The non-essential do not generate more protein synthesis. So that's the general overview. So let me summarize to see if I got it. Carbs and fat create ATP for energy within the body. Protein is what creates a lot of 
like everything else almost like our muscles, not everything else, but muscles, hair, skin, nails, a lot of the enzymes in our body. It supports neurotransmitters. Is that correct? Yeah, that's its primary role. Primary you can role. convert protein into a sugar, okay. into a carb. If you have too much. You have, yeah, but its primary role okay. is for this purpose. And your body would basically convert protein into sugar if it had too much. But that's like not doesn't have to often because isn't it like the primary source of energy would be carbs and fat and then it would probably isn't that like ketosis it's like switching gears to change yeah to this is this is where it starts we can totally go down this yep. track it definitely gets a lot more nuanced yeah so there's a few different ways that your body can create ATP yep and the most kind of your understanding of carbs is correct yes and your understanding of ketosis is correct that. You basically deprive it of these carbohydrates, and then your body prefers to use fat as the source. It can then converts the fat through a series of other processes. Protein can also be converted into this sugar mm-hmm. via, via gluconeogenesis. We're getting kind of science down like the rabbit it. hole on this. Okay. I think maybe, maybe the most important point to make, though, is that when you consume protein, some of it will get converted mm-hmm. into sugars, but it's not the primary purpose of eating the protein. Mm-hmm. So rather than saying like, oh, none of it's going to get converted into sugar unless you eat too much of it, it's more nuanced yeah. and complicated than that. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on in the mm-hmm. body, but the primary role of it is to help to be broken down into amino acids and to help rebuild proteins in your body. But even when you eat a whole food protein, and it also depends on what type of protein it is, mm-hmm. some have higher proportions of the essential amino acids and have are more easily digested, those are going to be more useful towards synthesizing new proteins versus a lower quality protein that's harder to digest and that maybe has less of those essential amino acids. And the non-essential amino acids are more likely going to be converted into sugars. Mm. Let's then talk about, I guess, like what would be the proteins that have a higher amount of essential amino acids and what are the ones that have a lower amount? And just kind of comparing and contrasting for people. And is it true that we would always want to have the proteins that have higher amounts of essential amino acids based on that research you mentioned before that is better utilized by the body? So I think there's a few different goals going Mm -hmm. on here. But overall, I would encourage people to look towards foods that have better essential amino acid profiles and that are more easily digestible. But there's a lot of different issues and concerns and things that arise in this. So I think the overall way to maybe just look at a protein source, and we can look at a few, we can look at some plant sources, mm-hmm. some vegetarian sources, and then some like actual animal meat sources. Overall, the proteins that are the most digestible, and there's actually something if people in the audience that mm-hmm. are really interested, you can go and look at the protein digestibility corrected amino acid score. And that is something online and you can basically compare different types of food sources for that. And that would give them information related to? Basically, how high something ranks for its oh. amino acid score. Got it. In terms of essential amino acids. Mm-hmm. But that's also corrected for its how digestible the protein is. Okay. So it, it mm-hmm. blends both how digestible the protein is and then also quality of the essential amino acid profile. So it would be like whey, as an example, is probably high. high, yeah, but then not easily digested, correct? No, it actually is okay. pretty easily digested. Maybe that's yeah. just something I've heard. Yeah, so it's interesting. There's a lot of different like marketing and stories yes. and trends out yes. there. What I would say is whey isolate, yep. which is a form of a protein powder you can get. It's a slightly more filtered version of whey, removes the lactose, mm-hmm. 
it removes more of the carbs and more of the lactose. And most people can digest that very easily because it's virtually lactose free. If you have some kind of like more significant dairy allergy, you could potentially have issues with it. But I mean, I'm relatively lactose intolerant. I can easily consume whey protein I slip. No, actually, whey is has a very good score in terms of digestibility and the amino acid profile, as do eggs. And so typically what you'll find is that whey, eggs, and then meat products tend to be the highest ranked. And on the lower end of the score are plants. They simply are. There are some plants that have better amino acid profiles, and those are things like buckwheat, quinoa, soy, those are, they have better essential amino acid profiles than do like rice yeah. alone, like a white rice. Can you get all the essential aminos from any plant? From those three, you can get all of them. Oh, wow. I think though that the, this is maybe another challenge. Oftentimes you will want to combine different plant sources to get a better profile of the essential amino acids, which can just get complex for people. But if you're really committed to a plant-based diet, then it's a good thing to focus on to understand what are the amino the essential amino acid profiles of different plants and how do you combine them to get, you know, ideal meals. I think another issue with plants, but it could potentially be an advantage, so it all depends on what your goals are, is that the amount of protein and the amount of essential amino acids that are in that protein are very low in plants, even those plants, compared to the total caloric intake mm -hmm. because they also have carbohydrates in it. Whereas when you eat mm. something like a Greek yogurt or eggs. Like a chicken breast. Yeah, or chicken breast. I was trying to choose things that were vegetarian. I, I was jumping all the way you to animal. You know I'm veggie, yeah. so I'm like, all, all the way to, to I appreciate animal. it. Oh, yeah, animal as well. I'm um, like, or. Yeah, you can get oh, more <laughs> essential amino acids. Oh, you can get way more essential amino acids for a lower amount of calories. Yeah. Because, so I think if you're an endurance athlete, which I think maybe some of the biggest advocates for plant-based diets are endurance athletes, you can afford to eat five, 6,000 calories a day. If you're running 20 miles a day, then you can probably hit your essential amino acid needs via the protein and only plant-based foods by eating tons of beans and rice and quinoa and all these different plant materials. But you're getting a lot more carbohydrate calories from them at the same time. Whereas probably for most people, eating lots of vegetables and eating lean meats and Greek yogurt and things like that, you can more easily and more efficiently get sufficient amount, an optimal amount of daily essential amino acid intake more easily mm -hmm. and not like eating tons of calories, like gaining a lot of weight basically <laughs> through it. You're trying to like, that's the thing too. I think oftentimes people just want to simplify it and it's only like one thing is yeah. true and the other is not. There's at least two things going on here. One is What's a reasonable amount of calories to consume in a day based off my body size, how much muscle I have, because the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn at rest, how much exercise I participate in, like all of that combined with how much essential amino acids I want to get through protein or through supplementation to support a vibrant, lean, more athletic type body as well as to age. Mm -hmm. And those, you're trying to balance those two things. And it's not if you only focus on one, then you could potentially harm the other. Yeah, my daily struggle. What's the relationship between aminos and weight loss, like in body composition, just kind of going following that thread? Yeah. So when you consume essential amino acids, 
there's something called diet-induced thermogenesis. Induced, like it creates from the diet. Mm -hmm. And thermogenesis is basically like... As like a diet pill user back in the day, (laughs) thermogenesis, I hear it. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. What happens is naturally, it makes sense. If I consume essential amino acids and I kickstart this process of new protein synthesis, which whenever you consume a sufficient amount of essential amino acids you start this new process of protein synthesis. You start rebuilding proteins in your body. That is an energy-intensive process, right? You're like getting the body together to rebuild this tissue, to build new muscle, to rebuild old proteins. And thus, you increase your metabolic rate simply because you're increasing the internal activity throughout your body. Is that why they say 30% of the calories you take in from protein is burned through that process? That's largely why it is. It's also partially the breakdown of the protein into the amino acids, but it's largely the fact that like, yeah, you kickstart this whole process of protein synthesis. So it's both. It's that your body, there's energy requirements to just digest the protein that are more than to digest the carbohydrates, but also the fact that more largely so that it kicks off the the protein synthesis. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's a great example of like not all calories are equal. I think- I'm not sure how familiar your audience is, but a gram of protein has four calories. A gram of carbohydrates has four. A gram of fat has nine. So the most calorically dense is fat. So you could quickly just kind of see like, oh, wow, like this, if I just weigh out fat versus weigh out carbohydrates or protein, like clearly the fat is more calorically dense. But on top of that, the protein, just like you said, you actually burn more calories just digesting the protein. And you also kickstart this protein synthesis. So by far the most calorically efficient macronutrient is protein. Yeah. So it's like, it depends then like how, where you're going to go with that. You're not going to only eat protein though. Like you should be eating yes. should be eating vegetables and getting other types of micronutrients in your diet and there are healthy fats, et cetera. But if you're going to maybe indulge in more of one macronutrient than the other, clearly the protein is going to be the most calorically efficient form of that. For the point of this I'd make, though, is that also the essential amino acid profile of the protein is also important there. Thus, an egg or whey or chicken is going to be that much more efficient than, say, rice that doesn't have all the essential amino acids in sufficient amounts to to lead a process of protein synthesis. And it has much fewer amounts of them, gram for gram, than does, say, like the chicken. So... Also, the most metabolically efficient, the ones that are going to stimulate your metabolism the most are going to be more essential amino acid-dense proteins. I am juggling quite a bit lately. I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervine has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how 
passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets, whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L-threonate. It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste amazing unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. Yeah, I've noticed a trend in the past year maybe of the women in my community or my friends or the people that I know really kind of moving towards protein. I think in having and prioritizing protein a lot more than previously. I think there was like the low fat thing when we were younger and then there was like keto for a little bit where I was just like making shakes with like a full avocado and like almond butter and just like disgusting. And now it's like most of the women that I love and know are like 30 grams of protein in the morning, like really prioritizing protein as their main source and feeling really good, feeling a lot of energy. I've also noticed that myself. So why is it important for women to prioritize amino acids and prioritize protein? And let me just clarify, when I'm saying amino acids and I'm saying protein, are they the same thing? Uh, I think if we just simplify it this way, at the heart of protein, the reason why you want the protein is primarily to get the mm-hmm. essential amino acids. Perfect. Now, there's other good yeah. stuff also in a protein source. Like if you eat steak, a grass-fed steak, there's other types of minerals and micronutrients and other good things. But the essence of the protein part of why you're eating the steak, it's the essential amino acids, that that's what you're trying to get from it okay. most. There are other good amino acids that you would maybe get from a source like collagen, is high in non-essential amino acids that specifically support skin and hair, et cetera, but it's lower in the essential amino acids. And thus, even if you consider that a protein, it's not a complete protein. I wouldn't count collagen towards your daily protein intake goals. I want to answer the question about women, but I want to just talk about collagen while we're on it. So what about it? And what about it? Is it collagen? Because it's non-essential amino acids, it's pulling on specific levers in the body that are doing the things that it does. Because I will say that collagen... I definitely, I feel amazing now that I've been having Keon regularly, but I have noticed over time that really when I use collagen, I can tell a visible difference. Mm -hmm. So if it's not the best prioritized by the body, why is it giving the results that it does? So collagen is very high in three specific amino acids. Mm -hmm. 
hydroxyproline, proline, and it's an interesting hypothesis that's been proven true. Like for like is not always the case, but collagen actually is like the source of, in our own bodies, these things are made of collagen. And so the idea would be like, oh, if we took, say, like collagen from an animal and then we consumed it, would it help us get more of that? And it's an interesting idea. It could be true. It could not. It looks like it's true that when you consume the higher amounts of these very specific non-essential amino acids, particularly, we don't know if this is like true for like children or very young people, but for adults, it does enhance the body's ability to utilize those specific and non-essential amino acids for the ways that they're used in the body, skin, hair, nails, joints. So it's like over-consuming a very specific amino acid that plays a specific role in the body that's not specifically protein synthesis or muscle protein synthesis, but it's really the creation of new collagen in your body. Wow. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, because I thought a lot about that where it, that felt like a trend or like something that really came on the scene very mm-hmm. prominently in the past years, maybe like five years or so. And so it makes sense that basically what's happening is you're consuming the collagen, non-essential amino acids from animals, and it's basically triggering your... Is it triggering your body to create more of your... Your body's using it. Using your body's it. basically like using that overabundance to then mechanistically we don't totally understand it like we don't have an exact understanding of exactly why and how it works but we know that in our own body like our bodies are using these three amino acids and other ones to support skin hair joints nails and by over consuming them like not over consuming them like too much but by supplementing with them that our body does utilize that extra amount to support that in our body. We don't know exactly how. I know that's what's interesting is there like, there's like no real research or there is research. there is research, but this is maybe the difference too like in research is we can do cellular studies or in vitro studies. We can do animal studies. We can do different types of human studies. And each one gives you different types of results. Some we can actually measure like exactly. This is an interesting one for essential amino acids. We've actually studied in detail exactly when you consume the essential amino acids or non-essential, what happens in the body, in the arterial veins, and what's the uptake of the amino acids in the muscle tissue, and then what is left after the process. And we can measure muscle protein synthesis in that way in a very much more mechanistic way. We can actually see what's happening. Then there's other studies that just show if you take essential amino acids and then you exercise, do you get stronger? You know, do you lose weight? Do you like do those kinds of things, which are more like outcome studies? And with collagen, my understanding of the literature is that it's more of the outcome studies that we have that are clear. And then we have hypotheses about why that is. But we don't like understand in really specific detail exactly how that makes perfect how sense. it works. And there may be a collagen specialist that actually understands the yeah. collagen research. Respect. Better than I'm representing it. Yeah. yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it, it is because it's like with collagen, you're like, I'm like, well, my hair feels better, my skin. And that's, it is the outcome based. Yeah. And if it part works, of it. I mean, it's like, that's yeah. a real thing. Just it's not to. Blasting the collagen. <laughs> yeah. So for women, I interrupted specifically for women, especially that's like the people listening. Why mm-hmm. is it so important for them to have aminos? So I think maybe one of the most important points to make here is that we've done studies, lots of studies on men mm-hmm. around protein amino acid intake. We should do. We know it, honey. Yeah, we should do more on women. Yeah, there have been them on women though, on on young adult women, on athletes, mm-hmm. on elderly women, and it's 
been shown to have very similar, if not better, effects than it does on men. Protein, specific protein requirements being hit, as well as essential free-form essential amino acids, like a supplement being taken. So we have research that shows this is not something that's just true for men. It's equally true for women, if not more so. So I think that's one important point to make. And then I'll make the overall points about amino acids and protein. I think another one is it does seem to be, and I don't have the data on this, but you shared it in your own experience, and I've heard it from other women, that there's been kind of a sense of trying to not eat as much protein. I think, I don't know enough about it. I don't have the female experience, but concerns maybe about like, if I eat protein, will it make me bulk up or proteins for dudes trying to gain muscle or whatever? Like there's these different stories around it. And so protein has not been something where kind of fair, even thoughtful education to a mass of women has been offered around what are good daily protein requirements for your goals, for your needs, for what you want. That's not what you heard someone else say or what your concerns may be, but like, what does the science show? And so what I would say is overall, what we see is that the recommended daily allowance, which is from like larger boards that create these recommended daily allowances really is a recommended, I would call it a minimum allowance. Mm -hmm. That's what you need at a bare minimum to maintain organ function, et cetera. (laughs) Because like we were describing, like your heart literally needs to create new proteins to rebuild itself. Mm -hmm. You must consume essential amino acids in your diet to help rebuild your organs. The emotions part was fascinating. I'm like, that's a whole thing that I would just, I'll just go on in the shower of thinking about how if someone's deficient in amino acids and amino acids are responsible for the facilitation of emotions, what would that do? Or if they get incomplete ones, like they're, that's, crazy There's to think about. There's many studies around amino acids being used for regulating mood and behavior. Wow. Yeah. And protein intake and amino acid intake being connected to mood. Wow. It, all different types of studies. So take that curiosity and put it into Google or wow. <laughs> send me a message. I can share yes. more information with you. There's a lot of really interesting wow. information around it. Would love to talk about that after the women. Thing. Yeah. That 0.4 grams per pound of body weight is, let's just say that's a minimum. And for not assuming people weigh 100 pounds, but it's an easier math. If you weigh 100 pounds, that would mean 40 grams of protein per day. And let's just, we've already discussed the nuances around there's different quality protein. I would say it's 40 grams of like quality protein. Mm. And a high quality protein is only going to be 40 to 45% essential amino acids. So less than half. So let's just give it the benefit of the doubt and say half. So it's 40 grams of protein or 20 grams of essential amino acids is what you need every day. That's and that's kind of a, not if you're working out probably. That's not really if you're like, that's not like any kind of intense exercise or additional activity levels. And that's minimum. If you want to be more vibrant, like you want to have vibrant health, you want to live a long time, you want to build lean muscle, not for the sake of being like super strong, but just having like a toner body looking better, being able to participate in fun activities, go hiking, do yoga, Pilates, go Our to the gym. Our girls are working out. Yeah, look good. Our girls you know? are working out. Yeah, look good. <laughs> and I think if you're preparing to have children, have a really strong and healthy body before you have children, if you've already had children, being able to recover from the stresses of carrying a child to term and then delivering that child and nursing the baby, like there's a lot of physical tax on the body doing that. So building and maintaining lean muscle to support your body during that process. If you're perimenopausal, then there's a whole new set of issues that arise for women in terms of 
perimenopausal is before or after. Before kind of entering into menopause and postmenopausal is after. In each one of those stages, there's certain types of environmental stresses, hormonal changes, et cetera. And all of that, if you want to maintain a good figure from a vein perspective, but you also want to maintain a level of fitness that enables you to feel robust and vibrant, you definitely want to be consuming a lot more protein than that. And we can go through all the different cases or examples, but what I would just say is it's closer to one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So rather than 40 grams of protein a day, you really want to be getting 100 grams of protein a day of good quality protein mm. with higher essential amino acid profiles. And the reason for that, I'm going to tie a few pieces together here now. So muscle is not just for moving your body and for lifting heavy things or being able to walk or run longer, hold a yoga posture or whatever it is. The purpose of muscle also is to be the reservoir of amino acids for the rest of your body. So if I stop eating protein or stop consuming amino acids right now for the next 24 hours, after just three hours, I will start going into a net protein loss because I'm breaking down more proteins than I'm able to rebuild. And when that happens, my body is not going to let me lose my liver or my heart or other really critical functions in my body. The part of my body that it can spare is my muscle. So I will prioritize breaking down muscular tissue, the proteins that make up that muscle, into the amino acids. It'll go into my blood and then it'll supply the rest of my body with amino acids to help rebuild proteins. So maintaining lean muscle is really crucial for overall function of your body, particularly during times of stress. And that stress could look, I'm not, it's not like all bad stress, like being pregnant, you know, yes. or having a baby. Workouts. Workouts, you mm -hmm. know, exercise. Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you like, know, TikTok, Instagram, like TikTok. the stresses of life. <laughs> stresses of life. <laughs> so it's just like overall for like generally like vibrant health. Yeah. Because when you consume the amino acids and you maintain lean muscle, then naturally it's going to be easier to overcome all those moments and not end up with like losing all your muscle. Another really important aspect, and this just goes to, I'm just going to go right at like body composition. Let's do it. Which is the more lean muscle you have, the higher your metabolism is. You will burn more calories at rest. So if I replace three pounds of fat in my body right now with three pounds of lean muscle, and that's not getting like jacked or huge. And I feel like this is an issue that comes up often times with women. They're afraid if they eat protein or do resistance training, they're going to get really bulky. It's hard to get really big and bulky. <laughs> all my friends are, I literally haven't made it there yet, but all of them that just lift look so good. It's crazy. I, I still it don't works. believe it yet. And yeah. they're like, I was you just lift. And I'm yeah, like, dude, it's like trying to do cardio and yes. stuff like, and they've just switched to doing resistance training. Yeah, yeah. Because so here's the thing. When you, when you lift, you do some type of resistance training and it doesn't have to be lifting. Like I think Pilates is, yes. is another great example of type of exercise yep. that works or certain forms of yoga. You basically increase your metabolism significantly during that period and for the subsequent 24 to 48 hours in a way that you don't when you do just a straight cardio activity. And when you build more muscle, literally your body at rest will burn more calories just trying to support the muscular tissue. And when you exercise, the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn because your muscle requires more calories during that period. The reason why aminos would be so important to women in that space is that when I take the essential amino acids themselves 
they increase my metabolic rate because the diet-induced thermogenesis thing we talked about earlier. They stimulate the creation of new muscle, lean muscle. It's not getting like big and bulky, which honestly, that's another point. If you were to consume a lot of carbs and fat and et cetera, when you're consuming it, it can make you bulkier and bigger. But if you're consuming just lean protein or even more ideally just the, the amino acids, you're going to stimulate more muscle protein synthesis. You're going to be building more muscle. If you take it before you go to exercise, it will stimulate three times the amount of muscle protein synthesis as a whey protein. So really the ideal is if you take amino acids and combine it with exercise, you get the most benefit. It's why gym bros historically have done protein and exercise, mm -hmm. right? But if you do essential amino acids, it's a leaner muscular build. It's not, it's even less bulky than a protein type build. And it supports you getting more benefits from the time in the gym. It reduces the muscular fatigue that occurs during the exercise. It reduces the amount of soreness and recovery time afterwards. So overall, it just makes exercise easier. You get more results from it, and it's easier to come back to the gym sooner and train again. Mm. And that whole time period or through that whole experience, you've built more of a figure that mm -hmm. you have less fat, you have a toner body, and you can eat more freely in a way because I'm not saying you can eat whatever you mm -hmm. want, but you burn more calories just at mm -hmm. rest. So it's kind of like a self-fulfilling set of behaviors. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say prophecy, but a self-fulfilling yeah, self set of behaviors where it's <clears throat> you consume essential amino acids through supplementation and through protein. You do basic resistance training and you can also do cardio is great for heart health, but you do those things in a somewhat regular basis. Mm -hmm. It makes it easier and easier to maintain a tone lean figure over a long period of time. Yeah, that's what I've noticed, actually. It's like when I first moved to LA, I was only doing, I was in New York and I was only doing like Soul Cycle all the time. And I was very, very lean, I think because I was burning sugar, I was walking a lot, whatever. But then I came to LA and I started to do tons of Pilates and I put on so much muscle that I didn't really feel good in that way because it was almost like I pendulum swung the other side. And I was also like trying keto. So I was just like... Uh -huh. It was like hibernation. I just want to say, bulking. I bet season. it's the keto. Oh, it was. I'm, I mean, like Pilates. It, it was keto. Pilates can make you strong, but and just, just as what and I CrossFit. Said. I was doing CrossFit too. Okay. But yes, I know exactly. But anyways, so the point is that I basically put on a lot of muscle over the years since I've been in Los Angeles, which I'm really grateful for because now I actually feel like I have so much more flexibility in my diet, where I can have periods where I'm eating a lot more or eating. Yeah, and I just don't feel like it affects me as much because my muscle tone and the muscle that I have is able to like withstand and withhold and burn whatever else is extra. So I'm really grateful for the muscle that I've built over time for allowing me so much more freedom with food and freedom with, yeah, my diet. Cause I didn't always have that when I was like eating, when I was doing cardio all the time. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing, if your sole way of burning the calories is through cardio, through that technique, you'd have to do just as much cardio yeah. as you. That was my ate. math. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's a way of doing it. Yes, it's one way. It's one way of doing it's it. It's one way. I think though, as we age too, and it's hard to get this perspective until I'm like just trying to understand it. I'm not 40 yet, but it's like as you age, it becomes much harder to maintain lean muscle. Your ability to digest protein and your ability to stimulate new muscle protein synthesis is reduced. Every decade, it gets harder and harder. Is that and why people are doing peptides? That's one reason why people do peptides. I can't mm -hmm. give reasons for why, all the different reasons why people do it, but- mm -hmm sarcopenia is what the condition's called, what's the loss of muscle mass as you age. It gets harder and harder and harder to build and maintain lean muscle. And thus that much more the reason to like try to invest in it now. Mm -hmm. And on a similar point, 
it's not the experience that you described, but it does happen. I think this is another case that's it happens for men as well, but I think it's maybe more maybe more common for women, where you have a certain goal around losing a certain amount of weight or trying to get in some kind of swimsuit by some date or whatever. Never had that. (laughs) And your primary strategy is to cut calories. Yes. So basically to restrict the amount of calories that you eat. When you restrict the amount of calories that you eat, again, as we discussed earlier, not all calories are equal. You can actually lose a pound of muscle from a 750 calorie deficit and you can lose a pound of fat from a 3,500 calorie deficit. It's not that exact and specific and it depends on what you ate and what exercise you did, et cetera. But when you restrict a lot of calories and you don't discriminate between like ensuring that you're still getting enough protein, you will cut a lot of fat during that period. You will also cut a lot of muscle. It is much harder to rebuild that lean muscle than it is to put back on the fat. And when you lose the lean muscle, you're that much more likely to put on fat because you've reduced your resting metabolic rate. Because that muscle that helps you burn calories throughout the day, you lost it. And so you got a lot skinnier, but now you're less muscular and you don't have that tone that you used to have. And now when you, now you're on the trip with your girlfriends or whatever, and now you're drinking and you're eating the junk for whatever, and you don't have the muscle to help you burn those calories, then what ends up happening through that type of yo-yo dieting is over many cases of it through many years, you lose your muscle and you end up having just more fat. And so it's just not sustainable. I'm hoping more and more people are waking up to, men and women, to the idea of trying to find sustainable behavioral patterns over a long period of time that allow you to enjoy life, to participate in fun things, to go on those trips, to look good in your bathing suit, but to also feel good every day. And and I think rather than just doing the calorie cutting during these certain times and tons of cardio, implementation of thinking about essential amino acids through protein and through supplementation and through a more balanced approach to exercise that includes resistance training and cardio, it'll be easier to maintain the figure you really want at multiple trips, multiple events (laughs) over Mm -hmm. many years and after and different stages of life. Mm -hmm. Maybe even like in your 50s, you'll be really proud of the way that you look in that bathing suit because of decisions that you made in your 20s. And you can look great now too. So it's just trying to find those more sustainable decisions versus like i'm just gonna totally super manic right now and just stop eating been there (laughs) i've been there this is like a total side tangent that we're not going to go down but just one thing i wanted to say i was watching something with dr peter atia about ozempic and talking about ozempic the new weight loss drug that's for people with diabetes but people that don't have diabetes are also taking it to lose weight and he was saying that the reason why he doesn't recommend it is because you lose weight so quickly that you do lose a lot of muscle and that if you are doing something like that, you have to be mindful of supplementing your protein so that you're still eating the same amount of protein at your previous weight instead of your like weight loss goal so that you don't actually lose a lot of muscle. And they're seeing so many people losing weight so quickly that they're losing almost more muscle than fat. And it's becoming something where in the future, you know, if you lose all that muscle that you've been working so hard to get, that can be really dangerous for your metabolism or your body composition or all those things. I wanted to shift to talking about the relationship between your emotions and mood. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to hear and talk about this. We've had conversations on the podcast about the relationship with mental health and your diet with people like Max Lugavere, who I know you know, 
Dr. Uma Nadu, and we believe it, like our community is very, very privy to it. So I'd love to hear the research around the relationship between aminos and your mood. So in terms of this research, I think there are some mechanistic studies that understand that this specific amino acid converts into this other amino acid and then converts into the certain neurotransmitter. Mm-hmm. And then there's some human outcome studies that just study the impacts and the effects of them. So there's like the actual data research looking at the conversion. And then there's kind of like the outcome-based things. Yeah. Got it. Totally. Yeah. And, and what I would say is there's a lot of different studies that say a lot of different things. So it's really diverse. So maybe I'll take the approach of more of just trying to be informative and educational about what kind of stuff is out mm-hmm. there versus trying to say this is exactly what happens. Right. So for example, some really interesting research is around the fact that tryptophan mm-hmm. uh, in turkeys uh-huh. makes you sleepy <laughs> Yeah, is what converts into 5-HTP, which is what converts mm-hmm. into serotonin, which is what converts into melatonin. So a lot of studies have been done on tryptophan over the years at, in higher doses, similar maybe to this idea of like the collagen, that there's certain amino acids, where you take a higher dose of this amino acid and because the blood-brain barrier allows for more of these amino acids through the blood to literally go into the brain, that by consuming a lot more tryptophan, you increase the amount of production of 5-HTP, which then increases the amount of serotonin, which makes you feel kind of sleepy, even before melatonin. It is Dopamine's a, the feel-good. Yeah, serotonin's relaxing, relax chills cool. you out kind Perfect. of thing. Okay. And so this is actually a reason why athletes have supplemented with essential amino acids, sometimes just branch chain amino acids, but you really want all the essential amino acids because in supplementing with them during activity, when you run and you do a lot of activity, you oxidize certain amino acids a lot faster. You basically burn them without going into all the reasons why you use a lot more of them in the exercise. And through that, it reduces the amount of leucine in the blood. And leucine and tryptophan are basically in a relationship to each other where they operate on similar pathways. So when you decrease the amount of leucine, it means more tryptophan crosses the blood-brain barrier and increases the amount of serotonin production ultimately. So one of the reasons why people think they get fatigued, mental fatigue, it's called the central fatigue hypothesis through longer exercise, like an hour beyond longer endurance exercise, is because you've actually reduced the amount of leucine in the blood, increased the amount of tryptophan, and through that, it makes you tired and kind of sleepy. Wow. And there have been a combination of mechanistic and human outcome studies that have explored this topic. It wouldn't be like you've used all the glucose in your glucose stores? Well, that's also happening. Okay. So that's a different thing. Like athletes talk about bonking, B-O-N-K, which is... Love them. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not working out like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. When you utilize all your glucose stores, then you have to start using something else, which is when you start using your fat stores. So how much of a fat adapted as an athlete you are to transition to a different energy system in a way, a different way of producing energy. That is one reason why you may hit a wall in exercise, but more than one thing is happening at the same time in your body. It's not always just one thing. Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. And so, you know, you could be utilizing in this way an increased amount of leucine and other essential amino acids Mm -hmm. to avoid getting sleepy Or you could be increasing your tryptophan intake to encourage yourself to get sleepy. So that's a really clear example of how just changing the proportions of the amino acids in your blood can affect your experience, your emotional experience. 
What about anxiety and depression? Is there any research around that? Yeah. So, I mean, around anxiety, one amino acid that is, that's been studied a lot is GABA. Mm -hmm. L-theanine is also another one that's been studied that helped to reduce. I didn't know those were amino acids. Wow. Yeah. That help reduce the impacts of, of anxiety. And basically they're inhibitory. They, they help kind of like calm down the mind. And so by increasing their consumption, we have pretty clear human outcome studies that show reduced amounts of anxiety. Yeah, because I remember, yeah, during anxious periods in my life taking GABA. Mm -hmm. And I know that in a lot of supplements that I've taken, there's L-theanine. Mm -hmm. And people recommend taking L-theanine with things like caffeine mm -hmm. to kind of smooth the edges of it. So what's happening in the, do you know what's happening in the brain when you're taking those or what's happening in the body that's causing that effect of relaxation? I don't know in great like neuroscience yeah. detail. I would say that, you know, the, the main idea being that GABA is actually the most predominant neurotransmitter. I think it's over 50% of the neurotransmitter activity and it's the primary inhibitory. So it inhibits activity. It kind of like slows things down and calms things down. But the exact ways in which that happens in neuroscience totally. is not my you know, exact specialty. But this sense. is actually a great example of, not to turn this into a plug, but why we, you know, we formulated a sleep supplement at Keon that is amino acid based. And we included tryptophan, L-theanine, and GABA specifically because they're the most studied amino acids with the greatest impact on reducing sleep latency. So for how long it takes for you mm -hmm. to fall asleep. These are actual outcome studies. The reduces the amount of times that you wake up when you fall asleep and reduces and improves the reported quality of sleep from human participants over in, in tryptophan's case, like over 40 years worth of studies. Wow. And then so basically what I love about that is that there's no melatonin, right? So basically no it's supporting your body in the natural creation of melatonin because when we have the hormone, because melatonin is a hormone, correct? Mm -hmm. So when you're taking melatonin, the hormone, you're basically kind of messing with your entire hormonal process. So taking aminos makes sense. When I've taken GABA for sleep, it's actually really nice. Like I have really beautiful, that like juicy sleep mm -hmm. on my aura, on my aura ring. My sleep latency is like dangerous. <laughs> They're like, you're falling asleep in two minutes. We're worried about you. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm just like so relaxed. And then sleep, that's really powerful because sleep as a way to support our health is so incredibly important. What I do love about aminos is that it's like, it's one of those things where we're just basically providing the tools for our body to do what it naturally does. And we're providing the tools for our body to use things in specific ways that support our unique self. So it's like if I'm needing more tryptophan, if I'm needing more serotonin, or if I'm needing more support with L-theanine in my body, it's like by giving them all these things that I might have not enough of or I might be deficient in, then my body can do the thing that it needs to do rather than like pulling one lever that we assume is what it is and then giving that specific supplement. I think that's the heart of the idea of a supplement and ideally what supplements do, yeah. right? Is that you're trying to make the best decisions that you can through behaviors, through food choices, et cetera, throughout your day to live a good life. And in some cases, you may have some natural deficiencies in some certain area or it may be hard to get enough of that food source based off of other choices you're making to like for career choices or family choices or, or financial reasons, whatever. And you're trying to figure out how to make it work. And ideally supplements, again, yeah, I think they provide as close to a food source, right? 
to something that your body can naturally incorporate and convert versus something that's closer to, I think, the definition of what a drug is, right? That it's kind of a direct changing impact effect on the body, like trying to give your body more of what it needs and to yeah. supplement your diet to support it in it fulfilling its natural processes, which I think is a good example of why something like essential amino acids are a meaningful and useful supplement and why they've become like they're, they're really they're the foundation of our company and of our product line is because so many people even at younger ages, 20s, 30s, have a harder time hitting those higher daily protein goals. Most people can hit the recommended daily allowance, but when you get above that, and if you like to exercise a lot, it's just, it's hard. And if you're plant-based, it's even harder yeah. to try to get there. Especially so, when you want to be mindful of your calories, like you mentioned. Yeah. So is there a natural way to try to get those essential amino acids in your diet that is supportive and supplementary and doesn't replace food, but helps hit those higher goals that that most of us have that are either trying to be active or trying to maintain a certain type of body composition. And I would say like a, a fit body composition. It's not like a just super, super, super thin, mm -hmm. but like you want to be toned. Mm -hmm. And then as you age, again, your ability to digest protein as you age and your sensitivity to new protein synthesis is so greatly reduced that for, I gave the, in the figure earlier that before exercise, essential amino acids. And again, I would just say in these types of proportions, like in the Keon aminos proportions, which you can see on the label of Keon aminos, but it's not across the board for all different formulations. They will stimulate three times the muscle protein synthesis of a whey protein in a young, healthy adult before resistance training. Mm -hmm. Outside of exercise, it's at least two times the impact because again, as we said earlier, like these protein sources, they aren't all essential amino acids. Like even chicken, 45% of the protein is, but of the actual like meat, it's like 25% or something. You're like getting only the essential amino acids. So it's much more impactful. That said, as you age, because of our body's inability to break down the proteins and less sensitivity to stimulating protein synthesis, not having to digest the proteins and the amino acids being immediately available, it becomes three, four, sometimes five, six times the impact of protein on protein synthesis, which thus, if you're 50 or something, it's that much harder to get in the protein. My metabolism has slowed down. I'm trying to figure out how to get in these higher requirements. My body's not as receptive. The supplement becomes even more important. So it's really, it's like, if you really have no athletic goals, no like fitness goals, no body composition goals, you're not trying to exercise, you're not aging. I mean, if you're like no one, then these supplements, <laughs> if these, these supplements don't make sense. But if you fall into one of those you don't exist, this is perfect for you. <laughs> People not listening to this podcast. I mean, and that's true. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. my girlies. Yeah. I mean, like if you have, know. yeah, just desires yes. for more <laughs> for more optimal kind of vibrant physical experience. Totally. And as you said, spiritual experience, think tied to that physical yes. experience. Then what are the types of things that you can introduce that give your body what it needs to do what it wants to do and needs to do? Yeah. That's what I love about the product is that. Simple fact is I don't like to always, yeah, it's like, obviously we don't want to be giving people drugs, but it's like, I just love the creativity of the body and the creativity mm -hmm. of our health and the creativity and magic of each of our own unique design in that finding supplements that support that where it's like the body's like, got it, know what to do. I'm going to do this because you're this person and you need these things and that unique experience of it. I, yeah, I was going to ask like use cases of this, but it's basically like anyone that is physically active, anyone... It's basically anyone, 
But if we are someone... Like when to use it? Yes. And how? Yes. What I would just say is if you're like me, and I'm like a pretty nutrition-focused person, it's harder to hit your daily higher protein intake, higher higher essential amino acid intake of like a gram of protein or 0.5 grams of essential amino acids per pound of body weight first thing in the morning. Like first thing in the morning, take some essential amino acids and you've already given your body what it needs for basically feeling physically robust, all of your basic organ function, supporting your lean muscle, supporting your mood, et cetera. Like I, I do it first thing in the morning with coffee. Mm. I think if you're someone who likes to fast, it's really important to do basically every three hours because every three hours you go, it's good to not be stimulating protein synthesis all the time. Like when you're sleeping, that's naturally happening. But if you're really extending periods throughout the day when you're not eating, it's a really wise thing to do. It'll give your brain and your muscles and your organs what it needs to maintain function. And then I think whatever works for you around exercise, you do have increased amino acid needs, specifically essential amino acid needs during exercise, whether it's cardio or it's resistance training. And you'll get more out of the exercise if you supplement before, during, after. And I think it's kind of, without overcomplicating it, it's like what works for you. If your goals are more to have more energy and to reduce fatigue while you exercise, take it before. If you're someone who feels pretty motivated about exercising, doesn't get tired, but you get really sore, take it after. If it's like either one or both, you can that you really you can't take too much of it in that context. Mm-hmm. NASA sponsored studies where they gave people basically the equivalent of 18 servings per day. They gave them three servings six times a day to a group of people at bed rest because they're trying to see what would happen if people didn't move for 28 days. Like how much muscle would you lose? And people did that? I mean, they got paid. You got paid to lie in a bed. Actually, they discovered that the results could be proven after seven days. They reduced the subsequent studies from 28 days to seven days. People at total bed rest were given these much higher doses and there were no side effects. And they actually maintained their lean muscle over 28 days with no physical activity through the supplementation of essential amino acids. Wow. So the point was not to show that you maintain the lean muscle, but it was really to show the point of like, you can consume a lot. Of it, So, I mean, if you take it in the morning, you don't have to, but if you took it in the morning and then you wanted to take it before, during, or after exercise daily, it's great. It's good outside of exercise, particularly to support your higher, you know, daily amino acid needs. And then it just supports your exercise by making it easier and getting more out of it. I was on vacation a few weeks ago. I was in Portugal and I was like before bed. I'm jealous. I've never been. It was amazing. It was good. It's, it was, I'm like kind of a... A snob. So it was good. It was not my favorite place on earth, but I loved it. We're in this beautiful place called Comporta. Anyways, I was getting ready before bed and all my muscles were twitching. And I took Keon and it helped. And I think it was just lack of minerals, maybe lack of magnesium, but also lack of essential acids that were causing my the muscles to fire and just in a really weird way, which has happened before. But it was so helpful. And I've been, I usually have it like cruising through the day. And if I do intermittent fast or if I do a fast, whether it's three days or one day or whatever, it's like, so I cannot fast without it. Like it is the most important point to keeping me regulated. I don't really get super hungry. It's like, I feel really good and energized during it. And I also got it for my dad who has Parkinson's and it's really supported just like him in general from an energy perspective. Something about the product I was curious about is why on the back is there not like it has 10 grams of protein? 
Do you know what I mean? Like a uh, nutrition facts yeah, label. It has a supplement facts panel because it is a supplement. A lot yeah. of this goes into like regulatory. Totally. It's, yeah. All my answers are like going to be regulatory yes. answers. So it is a supplement. Yes. It's not a food. Got and, it. And some things you can choose, like you can actually choose whether you market a protein powder as a supplement or as a nutritional food. And there's different types of things you can say about supplements, you can say about foods. And then when you get to kind of the panel about like, hey, grams of protein, there are very specific ways that is to be measured or not measured. And because it is not a protein according to the way that the FDA determines what a protein is and how protein can be advertised. How do they determine it? Probably based on like the probably macro based, maybe there has to be like a fat and a no carb. I don't know. I don't think it's so much about like a fat or a new no carb. I think it's, I don't know the exact testings, yeah. but I've looked into a lot of all yes. the regulatory stuff because I've gone yes. through these types of questions before yes. and thinking about how do we present what yes. it is, et cetera. But basically, the ruling is that free form essential mm-hmm. amino acid supplements, even if they include all nine of the essential amino acids, are not to be marketed as a protein. So, wow. So it doesn't, you don't market it as a protein because it's not by, by the definition of the FDA protein. If you look at the science and the studies and the research, you will see though, like the one I brought up earlier, mm-hmm. that the essential amino acids are the ones that stimulate protein synthesis in the body. While they may not be defined as a dietary protein, yeah. they're the active component in these di- dietary proteins that creates the benefits that we often identify with mm. proteins. That said, there's also lots of other good things in whole foods, like I said earlier. Totally. Micronutrients and minerals. and. So I guess then for me taking it and for anyone that's listening when they're taking it, how should they think about it as it relates to their daily protein intake? Should I be thinking about this as like, and I don't know mm-hmm. if this is too linear, but as like, okay, this is 10 grams. I need 100 grams. <laughs> uh-huh. I need however many grams for my body weight. Like, how should I be thinking about how much to take? This kind of goes to like, what type of person you are too mm-hmm. and how tightly you track and monitor mm-hmm. these things, try to hit certain types of goals. I think I'll speak about it more loosely. Um, I think there are like really tight, specific answers for people who are like tracking every single calorie and every single mm-hmm. macro, et cetera. We just stopped that a long time ago. <laughs> okay, yeah. Overall, what I'd say is I'd encourage people to aim for not the recommended daily slash minimum allowance and to aim for more of that like gram per pound of body weight for protein. And once you've hit half of that, like say you've hit like 50 grams of protein in a day and you're trying to hit the rest, consider something like Keon Aminos on a two-for-one basis. If you're older, you could consider it even more, but then you'd also probably be wanting to be consider even higher protein goals. But yeah, try like consider it like on a two-for-one basis. So if you take one serving of Keon Aminos, it's got five grams of active essential amino acids in it. So you could consider it like the equivalent of around 10 grams of protein. Okay. If it's before exercise, it's even more. It's 15 Because it's synthesizing the protein. Yeah, it's like that's the thing is like what types of proteins you eat and when you eat them and how you use them. And like, I mean, if you're comparing this to rice, it's more than that. Like the protein in rice is, is, it's more than two times as It's like an activator. It's, Yeah. Wow. So it's more than that. But if you're comparing it to like whey protein isolate, so it's like, it's kind of how neurotic and specific you want to get about it. But yeah, I mean, I think a simple way of thinking about it is if I have some first thing in the morning, I'll count it as 10 grams of whatever that, you know, 100 grams of protein I was trying to get. And if I take it, so every single day, at least I know I have that. And I'm kind of, I'm starting my day 
with a high essential amino acid intake. And then if I'm exercising or another way people might think about it is like a snack midday. If you're not really hungry at like 3 p.m., but you're just kind of like wanting something and you're bored and maybe some caffeine or something, you could choose again to have Keanaminos and you just got the equivalent of like another like approximately the essential amino acid profile of what 10 grams of protein would give you. It's even more than that. I'm kind of under reporting it. And like, boom, if you did that in the morning, you did it midday, you just got 20 grams of that 100 grams you were trying to get in. Mm. I think that's like, that's a loose way. That's fascinating. That's like a loose way of thinking about it. But it's not to be used to replace all of your protein intake. It's not to be used to replace like your recommended daily allowance for protein. I think about it as a more efficient, fruity, vegan competitor to like protein powder, mm-hmm. you know? And like yes. Keon, we make a protein powder that I love and take mm-hmm. too. It's a whey protein isolate, yeah. but it's different. It's like, I don't really want to like drink a bunch of that before I go work out totally. or something. Or like sometimes I don't want chocolate and vanilla or, mm-hmm. you know, it's like. Yes. So it's, it's a, a tool, It's a tool like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's a nice fruity drink that is sugar-free. It gets me my amino acids. It's a better solution than other things that I might choose throughout the day. It's great for exercise and it helps me hit those higher essential amino acid intake goals for my day. What is it sweetened with? It's sweetened with stevia and monk fruit. Nice. What's the ingredients? Stevia, monk fruit, It's stevia, monk fruit, natural flavors, and then there's like malic acid and citric acid, which are- To keep it shelf stable? It's also for flavor enhancement. Yeah, those are flavor enhancers that are part of fruits. Wow. Well, I'm a fan. I really love the branding too. Also, branding super fire, and that can be funky town in the supplement space. (laughs) There can be some funky branding. We leaned into into doing something different. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it doesn't look like any other brand, and we didn't want to look like any other brand. It wasn't trying to be different. It was trying to be like true to who we were. Yeah. Even if it felt like, wow, your art on the front is really big compared to your name. Like you should really have like a really big name. It's like, well, that's not who we are, and. You know, the heart of our brand is energy for life. Keon is energy for life. And actually, the creative director slash designer that built this, the visual brand, he handmade every single one of these pieces of art that mm-hmm. are each one of the labels. They're, they're actually, we call them energy markings. So every single product has a different energy marking. And it's a handmade piece of art, whether it's him like brushing like a brush across a canvas or some are like dipping a baseball in paint and dropping it on the ground that then are scanned and colored. And they're in a way that each one of us has a unique energy marking. Like each one of us has our own expression of mm-hmm. the life force that yeah, is unique essence. this life. Each one of the products is too. So we try to make it meaningful to us Wow, too, which I think comes through. I love you know, It's that. not just another yeah. amino acid or yeah, you know, protein totally. or whatever. Like it's big like, black yeah, block I mean, font. Yeah. We want ourselves to have a life that is full of energy and fun and enjoyable and joyful. And we want everyone that touches the brand to have that experience. So it's trying to find like, even in the design, make mm-hmm. the design do that too. I love that intentionality. And when you get to the awareness and spirituality level that a lot of our communities at, we understand the influence of colors, of symbols, of this type of thing is not just about aesthetics. There's like, there's a subconscious processing that's also happening when you're looking at things like this. So this has been such a pleasure. I feel like I learned so much. I'm really grateful because this is information that I've sort of been around, but never contextualized or never sort of concretized. 
that's a word, <laughs> in my awareness. And I love the product. I use it every single day. And I know our audience is going to be really, really excited because they're all very wellness focused. They're looking to support themselves and their mood and an amazing body composition that feels really, really good for them. A lot of them are plant-based. And if they're not, they're people that are really wanting to support their body in a way that feels feels right for them. So thank you for coming on and supporting our community. It's been so meaningful. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Amazing. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Angelo. Again, that was Angelo Keeley of Keon. And you can use code ALMOST30 to get 20% off at getkeon.com and get your aminos. And thank you to the sponsors for this episode. You can find all discount information in the show notes as well as on almost30.com. We appreciate you all for listening. If this episode just blew you away, please share it with a friend. Be sure to check out our over 600 plus episodes in our library. Just peruse, see what speaks to you. We're thankful you're here. We'll see you on the next one. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.